the ultimate prophet. He mourned over his city, Jerusalem. He looked at them and says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Uh, basically, he's saying God has sent prophets to you over and over again so you can find help and blessing. But instead, you ignored them or killed them. Oh, I wish I could gather you together as chicks. Jesus grieved over the condition of his city. There is a kind of grieving that we can have for the people that we see that are going through problems or the problems of our country that can be good for us. And there's a kind of grieving that we can grieve that isn't good for us. That Because sometimes that grieving can lead, lead us to anger about the situation and we start judging people. Or it can lead us to action. It can lead us to actually care about situations in their life. <clears throat> this last week, I saw a person on Facebook that I had known and I wasn't her friend. And I have known her. Um, we've tried to help her through our church a couple times. And I friended her. I friended her. She didn't know whether to friend me back, she told me, because she wasn't very proud of some of the things that were on her Facebook page. She had claimed to be a Christian, but she'd kind of fallen off the grid. <clears throat> and she'd done some things. She just described her life as messy now. And I said, listen, God doesn't intend for you to have any shame. He, he wants to redeem you, wants to forgive you. I'm not there to rub dirt in this woman's face. Instead, I just opened my hand out to her because my posture, even though I know she's make, made mistakes that have messed up her life and caused consequences in her, my posture is I grieve. I grieve over your situation. Some people grieve over better days, right? You remember when... Life was better or some kind of pristine image in your mind that America was such a good country at one time. And I grieve over some of the ways that it's not anymore. And you grieve. There's an appropriate way to grieve about that, correct? And there's an inappropriate way to grieve. One leads to helpful conversation and trying to be part of the solution. The other one is just we curse. the We, we go into the curse mode instead of the blessing mode. We are called to bless See, I think mourning is an opportunity for God to go to work because Jesus doesn't say and stop at blessed are those who mourn. He said, blessed are those who mourn or grieve because they will be comforted. What does it mean to be comforted? Well, we know when someone comforts us, usually they commiserate with us. Maybe they pat us on the shoulder, give us a high five. They might cry with us, but. Comfort is part of that, but it's so much larger. I believe that in the middle of our grieving, we can find blessing. There is a mourning that leads to comfort, and there is a mourning that leads to bitterness and resentment. We need comfort. David said, you have turned my mourning into dancing. You've taken away my clothes of mourning and, and clothed me with joy, as the song that we just sang uh, at the beginning of the service represents, that that. That David, even in the middle of his grieving, he went nuts. He started dancing because he was so full of joy. Because God had turned his grieving <coughs> into joy. Comfort is the same word that we use for the Holy Spirit. Called paracoleto. It means comforter. Some of your versions, when you read that Jesus said, I'm going to send the comforter, meaning the Holy Spirit, you, it says the word the comforter. It means counselor, advisor, someone who walks alongside of us. 
Interesting that Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And he uses the same word, that's the word, for the Holy Spirit, who walks alongside us. Asides us, helps us bear our burdens. To be comforted means to be urged on, to be encouraged, to find strength from. It's someone who walks alongside us. Someone who doesn't say, yeah, you blew it again, Fred. How many times do you have to learn this? I'm going to spank you one more time. It's no, he goes, hey, you blew it. Let's move on. Let's get comfort now. Let's not st stay there in the grieving mode about all the mistakes and re rehearse them and rehash them and just dig up all the garbage anymore. Let's move on. Mourning is an opportunity for God to bring comfort. He comforts us in our personal pain. Grieving is a gift to us. And it's something that God wants to can do through us. What happens when you don't grieve well? You don't get it. Some people are the walking wounded. Some people callous their hearts because they've been they've been hurt so many times. They callous their hearts. They want to become bulletproof. Unfortunately, that doesn't work, does it? What happens? Behavior starts to show up that shows that they haven't really dealt with it yet. Irritable, argumentative. It can make you impatient and intolerant, or it can make you sweeter. When I talk to Jesus followers that have this deep sense of sweetness about them. Every single one of them have had to deal with grief and they've come through the other side and it's actually made them better. They didn't avoid it. They didn't blame people. They actually came out on the other side as better for it. When I avoid my personal pain or my personal sin or the sins of the world, I am not better for it. I'm actually better if I go through the process and let God comfort me. I become a sweeter person because I want God to blessing is got something that God does in me and then he can do something through me. God wants to bless some bless you in something in you and then he can do something through you. This is the most important thing I think I'd like to leave with you. God wants to bless you. He wants to do something in you. Then he can bless through you. When I have personal frustration over my failures or my sins, I have to admit them. The Bible says, Apostle Paul says, godly sorrow brings repentance. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in, in, uh, in repentance. You know, I can think of times that I have reacted and I've made mistakes and I've done some stupid things. And I think about some of the ways that sometimes I react to my own girls. And I look back and I and I Pam and I were talking about yesterday. Pam, I'd like you to come and share with us. We were talking about um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we, we parents actually blow it and we make mistakes. Yeah. It's probably never happened to you. But I think it's important when we think about it that. Um, I think that I have to admit sometimes when I've made a mistake, I've blown it. Otherwise, I'll perpetuate the same problem. So share with us what you uh, want to How I blew it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to tell on her, Thank so I you. told her to do it. Thank you. So where should I stand so it doesn't hear? That's good. Okay. So Becca was about five, I believe, 
And I went into my where my makeup was, and I noticed that my blush was open and somebody had used it. And I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, so Be Jessica was just a baby, and Becca was about five. So I said, Becca, why did you get into my makeup? You know you're not supposed to do that. She said, I didn't, Mommy. I said, well, I know you did because we're the only ones here. And so you are the only one that could have done it. And she said, I didn't do it. So then, you know, you start losing patience. And I'm like, listen, I know it was you. So you might as well. You're going to get in less trouble by telling the truth than you are if you lie to me. Because, you know, I went on the whole speech. If you lie to me, then I can't trust you anymore. And then once trust is broken, I'm telling this to a five-year-old, once trust is broken, then, you know, I can never trust you for the rest of your life. So just tell me that you did it. And she's like, Mommy, I didn't do it. Go to your room. Think about it. Okay. So the day goes on and I'm thinking, why would she lie to me? I don't understand. It's not a big deal. But it became a really big deal because she lied, right? So the day went on, and then Fred, who was a children's pastor at the time, came home. And I said, I, I don't know what to do. Becca out and out lied to me, and it really, really makes me upset. And he's like, what was it? And I said, well, she got into my makeup. She got into the blush. I said, that's not the big deal. The big deal is that she lied to me about it and wouldn't admit it. And he kind of looked at me and hung his head a little bit. He had puppets, right? And one of the puppets he thought would look better if it had a little blush on it. So it was Fred who used the blush. And that's when this mommy had to go to that little girl and say, I am so sorry. Because she was telling me the truth the whole time. She got a really good speech on, you know, how to, you know, not. What happens when you do lie? And I, as far as I know, has she's never lied to me since then. I don't want to know if you have. And so um, anyway, so, you know, sometimes we get so, we build things up so much when they really weren't that big a deal to begin with. We build it up so much that we create a barrier between the people that we really care about. And all of a sudden we've turned this into something bigger than it really is, and it was actually Fred's fault. <laughs> Before you go, Pam, what do you think, what, what, what's, why is it important to learn from this? Uh, why do you think it's important for us when we, when we blow it like this to, to not just brush it off and learn from it? Because the relationships that we have with the people that we love are more important than anything else in the world. Good, thank you. As a mom and a daughter, and a husband and wife, or friends, or family, any family member, that relationship is worth more than anything, because God gave us those special people in our lives. And if we are dishonoring them, then we are dishonoring God. Thank you. I know, for me, I could list many times, I've blown it with my daughters or here, my wife, and I have to go back and eat crow, and it's actually good for me to grieve for it because the next time I will be less likely to repeat the same stupid mistake that I made back then. Hopefully I've learned enough that I won't perpetuate this, the way I reacted to my poor daughters or my wife. And I will learn from it, but I have to 
I have to, as Pam expressed, deep regret. I have to grieve over my stupidity or after my mistakes, and then I can, I can move on and grow from it. One of the things that I've done, uh, I try to do every week, is that I go through and I ask myself at the end of the week, Jesus, how have I done? What attitudes and actions this week were like you? And which attitudes and actions were not? Let's, let's do a little personal inventory, Jesus, because I sure don't want to perpetuate them. I don't want to be the cause of the same old things that I've done before, because I tend to do this. Right? If we're honest, we're all a mess somewhere in our life. There's some part of our life that's not perfect, right? If we're honest, some of you are feeling like, Oh, yeah, he's talking about me, or I, I do this all the time. It's like, hey, welcome to the human race. We all have to come and deal with the stuff, either whether it's personal pain, personal mistakes, or the sin that's in the world. The interesting thing, when we blow it, God can forgive us. Forgiveness is the greatest gift that God gives any human being. And forgiveness is the greatest gift that you can give another human being. As one person said, keep short lists, right? I receive his forgiveness. I forgive myself. I'm able to forgive others. I receive his gift of blessing, of forgiveness, and then I can have his blessing flow through me. Once I've received it from him, then I can give it to you because I, then I, blessing is a gift that's given to us, and then it can flow through us. When the problems of the world seem overwhelming and I wonder if there's any good thing that can happen, I, I learned that I can pray. Naturally, you might not even care about other people's problems. You're just concerned in here. But when I pray for my neighbors, when I pray for the – some of you have given names of persons that you are cared about and you – shared those names and we've been praying for it and we're going to believe that God's working. I've been praying this morning. I was praying for you. I didn't maybe know all your names. Some of you are new friends, but I prayed for those of you that I know by name and I prayed for some of the situations I know you face and I'm going to, and I grieved with you for that. Is that appropriate? Should I grieve for you about those situations? I do. When you have a tough time, and you're dealing with people in your life or your situation, it's okay to grieve because grieving can move me to care. This is the thing I think Jesus is trying to teach us, that actually my capacity to care can increase. It can increase when I allow God to comfort me. He restores my soul, the Bible says. He heals the brokenhearted. He redeems the lost. As Isaiah says, the spirit of the Lord is on me and he has sent me to comfort all that mourn, to give them those that mourn beauty for ashes, joy, oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I believe that good grief can lead us to good changes, that it's not always bad, that as we grieve or remember this Memorial Day weekend, that it can actually be a good thing for us, never to forget to care for those who went before us and care for those that are in our life now. Whether it's personal mistakes, whether it's uh, pain that you've gone through or the problems of the world, I believe mourning or grieving can learn, lead to joy, that God can comfort us, that he can restore us.
He can bring health and healing to our hearts. Would you stand with me? How do we do that? How do we experience that sense of comfort that God wants to give? Some of you today need to receive his comfort in his life, in your life. Some of you have been frustrated about something or someone in your life. And the first thing you need to do is receive something. You need to receive something from God today. Whether you're actually grieving today or you just need to receive something from God. So then now God has given you a blessing, a gift of blessing. So now you received a gift of blessing so that therefore you can be a blessing to others. We need to encourage each other just like the Holy Spirit does. We need to comfort each other and to love each other. And together with God's blessing in our lives, we can do that. We come to Jesus and we let him comfort us. Then we're really blessed by God. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for each one of these dear people in this room. You love them. You mean no harm to anybody in this room. I believe, Lord God, that you've come never to bring shame, never to point the finger and, and belittle people, but you come into our lives to bring healing when, in, our, in every part of our lives. Forgive us when we say no. I don't want to go through the process. I'm not going to admit my mistakes. I'm not going to deal with my pain. I don't, I'm not going to care about the, the things of this world. I'm going to hunker up and just hold it all inside. Forgive us when we do that. And help us to accept your comfort into our hearts. So therefore, we can be a comfort to others. Lord, as the Apostle Paul encouraged us, that Lord, you comfort us so that with the same comfort that we have received, that we can be a comfort to others. Oh God, thank you for the gift of blessing that you do in us so we can be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen.